How are you guys doing this week? This is another episode of Homestead Shop Talk with Al Alumna from Alumna Acres, Ben from Holler Homestead, and myself, Jason, from Soul of the Land. And once a week, we just get together and just have a conversation. It's like we're just talking on the phone, <laughs> and we're recording it uh, and talking about our week. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about starting a YouTube channel. And I guess you could say it's more of uh, starting a homestead YouTube channel because that's you know pretty much how what we do, what we all do in the kind of realm that we're in. So, but first we're going to talk about our week. So, how how you guys been? Who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, Jason? So this week uh, was uh, we did our chicken butchering workshops. Um, that's always um, it's a really busy week that week because you know you're just kind of setting up and preparing for people to come and making sure you know you sent out all the emails that you wanted to send out and you know people have your info and that who are attending and they bought tickets you know so you know make sure your our place is fairly clean <laughs> you know because strangers are going to be showing up but we had Two workshops, seven people each day, and that's what we maxed it out at, um, sold out. And we only did maybe, I think we did 17 uh, meat chickens each day. So it was pretty easy day. Um, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't too long. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, it's amazing, people from all over come. I had a guy come in from San Diego, um, which is amazing. You know, people, someone from Missouri, uh, a few people from Florida, and everyone that, that comes, they're, like, really cool. Like, they're really, like, super nice. You know, that, that's probably early on, that was probably, like, a hesitation because it's, like, people have been following us or, or watching our, our videos for a while, and then they come to our place and we had to be open to like having people, strangers coming to your place and how that was going to work, you know? Um, but it's been hundred percent. Like everyone's been super nice and cool, uh, which is, which has been great. After a certain amount of birds, you could kind of see a look on people's face of like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like this is the, every single time, most people, this is the very first time that they have butchered a chicken. And so, you know, one is good, two is good, but three, okay, I think they are they got it. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to do a hundred birds in one day, you know? <laughs> I want to overwhelm Because them. you kind of want to make it, I feel like, yes, you don't want to overwhelm them. And I want it to be a good experience for them. So that way they want to go home and do it. Uh, and then also people come like together, like they're making it a weekend, like a, like, like a fun weekend, uh, either with their spouse or friend. And then like afterwards, they're, they're going to go into Asheville or something and go, go to a brewery, you know, <laughs> like, like it's just a fun weekend for them. So I'm like trying to make it somewhat enjoyable because <laughs> it is still butchering a chicken. But everyone seems right. to have a good time, so it's always a good, fun turnout. 
so then after that, I mean, I'm still building that lean-to shed on top of our property, um, collecting rainwater. You know, it's kind of tedious putting in all those four. I'm putting in six posts. So I'm just making sure they're straight. And Oh, we bought... Okay, so when we bought this house, it came with a fridge, a, fri a brand new refrigerator. Uh, but because it's... The house is from the 60s. The spot where the refrigerator goes, it doesn't fit. Like, the fridge is huge. Yep. And the spot is very small because it's from the 60s. And so we always felt like it was just so protruding and like, you know, we want to redo the kitchen. And we felt like that that fridge is just way too big for that area. And we just couldn't figure out like... It wouldn't fit anywhere because it's so big. So we decided to buy a smaller fridge uh, and probably one of the smaller fridges that you could buy. Uh, besides getting like too, you know, too narrow. Um, so we decided to buy that. And then that fits in that spot way better. Um, and all our stuff still fit in there. Like, I, I was afraid that, like, all our food wouldn't fit in there. At least right now, you know. We'll see how it goes. But, I mean, we're not going to lose a fridge because we're going to take that fridge and put it down in our basement. So we'll have an extra fridge, which is cool because we've always wanted an extra fridge. For when we have, you know, a lot of abundance. Uh, For, yeah, for when we get that milk cow. Right, Al? <laughs> That's right. When are you guys getting that? <laughs> it's all coming. It's all coming, right? Like every all these little things are are, are happening. <laughs> You're preparing for it. <laughs> Subconsciously, I'm we're preparing for a milk cow. Uh, so yeah, so that's gonna that's starting the process of like I think of um, uh, renovating our kitchen. You know, from there we'll kind of measure how we want everything to be laid out and then have a better idea. But we like it. We like the smaller fridge a lot better just because it fits there better. It doesn't feel so weird or cramped. Um, so, yeah, better than that. You know, it's just mainly little work, those workshops. How long does it take you to get ready for a workshop? Well, you know, setting yeah. up. Um, you know, setting up, I, you know, setting up the day before. The night before, um, probably, I mean, probably a good, almost two hours, I would say, you know, yep. setting up three easy ups, tables, um, make sure we have some ice, uh, waters, you know, for everybody, you know, make sure the lawn is mowed, you know, make sure <laughs> there's no hoses you know, or things in the way that they're going to trip or something, <laughs> you know, you know, we got to get up like extra early, earlier than normal because I got to go out there and feed all the animals before everyone comes. So, you know, it's a, it's an early day. It's a long day, but once we get going, it's, you know, pretty relaxed time. It's actually kind of fun because you're kind of talking to new people and, and hanging out with, with people while you're, while you're butchering chicken so it's actually kind of fun for me um, and hearing hearing their stories on, on why why are you guys here 
you know like i like hearing hearing those things of like what are you doing here like you got chickens and you know where, or where you're from you know so that that's always kind of funny what's the furthest away anybody's traveled i know you said you had somebody from california this time but has there been anybody further than that no i think he was probably the furthest san diego i mean other before that it was uh someone from utah that came um yep. utah like pennsylvania missouri um i did have one guy contact me from ireland wow and he was gonna he was gonna come and he was like before i had an, announced the our, our our workshop he was like hey when's your next workshop because i'm looking to buy tickets he's like i really want to come he's like i need to know like way in advance he's like can you tell me a, a date and then so i i told him I, I came up i didn't have a date at the time this was like way before and so i was like all right well, we'll do it this time and so i told him and he was like ah you know it just didn't work out like what he couldn't do it but yeah. um but yeah he was like it sounded like he was gonna come and that, that would have been cool like if it, have somebody from ireland come out <laughs> right but yeah but man yeah it's it's amazing i, I would say on, on average uh everyone's probably at least four three or four hours away from us driving distance almost. yeah 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 it's been kind of a busy week we uh we have Meg's grandma in from California. She kind of came out here and surprised us. Um, she's been out here a week. She's uh, staying in our RV, staying with us, and it's been it's been a really nice nice visit. It's nice to have her. Um, she's just she enjoys everything we're doing. She uh, she kind of she grew up on a dairy farm when she was younger, and got away from it, and has pretty much lived the city life for you know, 60 years, something like that. <clears throat> and so she thought it was kind of weird that we would want to go to this kind of life. <laughs> and then the first time she came out, uh, it was a couple years ago um, when we landed, she was the first family to come visit. And when she got out here, she was like, okay, I understand now. I, I know why you guys are living this life. It's, uh, it's peaceful. It's a definite change from city life well so she's she's been out for a week and we uh we just kind of took the uh the week off from filming just so we can enjoy having her out here and it's been nice now i will say there's been all sorts of stuff that you know we've done instead um me and me and my boys uh we're all in karate together and so course this past week we had belt promotion and so we were busy with that in the evenings um and then we actually this weekend went to an estate auction uh, every now and then if you know there's a good one going on uh we'll go down to these estate auctions and this one was a it was a guy who has had a fab shop like a business run from his like property for looks like decades and so he's downsizing and he wanted to get rid of tons of equipment and metal and when i heard that there was metal at an estate sale like sign <laughs> me up so we went to this auction and i i filled my trailer with so much metal and you just all sorts of metal tubing sheet metal 
uh, angle iron, flat bar. I mean, every shape, size of metal you can imagine. And I think I got out of there for under 500 bucks. And like it was a trailer load, thousands of dollars worth of metal. And it was just like, it was awesome. So uh, that was, that was Saturday. And then Sunday we got it, got it home, unloaded everything, got it kind of put away and stacked up. But something that was kind of funny was when we were leaving California, I think one of the most painful things I had to do was all of my accumulated scrap metal over the years. You know, anytime you do a project, buy more than you need because, you know, metals, it's not going to go bad. Um, and so I had a pretty good supply of scrap metal to the point where if I had like some random welding project I needed to do, chances are I had all the metal just sitting on the side of the house ready to go. So one of the very last things I had to do was either pack up my scrap metal, which seems silly, or throw it away. So I drove back down to the shop that I had just quit from with a heaping truckload of all of my, my metal, and I threw it in their scrap bin. You know, that was... It, it hurt. Well, going to this auction, I basically replaced everything that I had to get rid of uh, probably four or five fold. And it was just, it was really cool. It was a fun weekend. So yeah, that was, that was in a nutshell, my week. That's, uh, that was pretty good. We, uh, we had a lot of fun this weekend. I think we're all a little bit sunburned from standing out there at that auction, but it was worth it. <laughs> auctions are fun. I like auctions. Yeah, it was probably about an hour away. Uh, you know, maybe public service announcement. Um, we uh, drove out there. I towed the trailer. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a little 14 foot trailer, double axle. And I noticed it just didn't feel right while I was towing. And I didn't think to like really give it a once over before we hopped on the road. We had to leave pretty early um, to be out there before the auction started. Uh, got out there, didn't even give the trailer one look. We loaded it, got all the way home. And I noticed coming home, it just, seemed like I was really having to step on the gas to maintain speed. And mind you, this auction was over an hour away. And uh, Sunday morning, I go out there to start unloading that metal. And I look down at the tires and I was like, man, those tires look really, really low. Uh, yeah, there's 10 PSI in all four tires on that trailer. So, yeah, public service announcement. Maybe before you hop in the car and drive somewhere or tow your trailer... Trailers especially. Trailers don't get a lot of love. Um, you know, you only use them every now and then. And when you need them, you just, like, grab them and go. Uh, maybe, like, schedule some maintenance. Uh, I hadn't even thought to check because, you know, like, I don't hardly ever use it. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I filled the tires all the way up to uh, what they're supposed to be. And it tells a lot better. Surprise, surprise. So, yeah. Right. How about you, Al? That's funny. It, it's been a crazy week here. So we ended up on the end of the week, we launched the coffee and new merchandise store website. And we had technical difficulties launching the website. It took us probably 10 to 20 minutes once we hit the live button for it to actually work. We just kept like, 
pressing and pressing and pressing and the website wouldn't go live. So we finally got it. And then within like two hours, we sold out of all the coffee, which was kind of crazy. Wow. One of those things like, yeah. Nice. You don't know how to, how much to order. You'd hate to order too much and have it sitting. You don't want to order too little. So we ordered 155 pounds and that sold out. So it was like an hour and a half, two hours. So now we're working with our roaster and getting another batch roasted up. We'll see how that goes. And we upped the order like 50 pounds. We'll see how that goes this time. And then if we have to, we'll up it again. But we don't want to, you know, make too big of a jump where people have already bought it. There might not be as many people interested. So we'll keep, we'll keep like raising it as we go. But so far, the feedback we've gotten has been good. Everybody likes the coffee. One of the big things is we try to do it fresh. So like the first batch was roasted August 1st. And we shipped it out within, a, within like a week. So when you roast coffee, you can't just like roast it and then pack it. You got to roast it, let it sit, let it off gas for like two or three days. And then you can pack it up and send it out. So we're trying to make sure we do it as quick as we can and get it out. We don't want it sitting around. So I don't know. The fresh coffee's made a big difference. What do you guys think? Could you tell a difference of the coffee being fresh or? I mean, it was good I don't coffee. Know if I, could tell. I, I enjoyed the heck uh, out of it. I'm I mean, it was good. It. I, the cold brew, I really like. Yeah. Like I, I'm almost out of the cold brew. That's, yeah. That's some good stuff. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't. I don't know what what it would taste like not fresh. It's just good coffee to me. Yeah, we do. We ship them out ourselves. So we've decided to do the so with our merchandise. We decided to bring that all in house. We have somebody local print it. And then with the coffee, it's somebody that's just down the street from us that she started her own coffee business roasting. And we've been drinking her coffee for a while now. And we're like, we really like this coffee. So we decided to have her make it. So we pretty wild. We were, we tried out a bunch of different roasts and, you know, said like, oh, let's try this one. Let's try that one. So for a while we were drinking lots of coffee and trying to figure out what we wanted to do. So it was a, it was a fun process. You, yeah, you ship out your merch, right? I, Say that again. From your house, you do all your own merch. Uh, no, you do all your own merch. No, we uh, are like our shirts Not, and stuff. My hats, um, I do. That's all through Bonfire, um, and so it's all yep, you know, elsewhere. But I don't know. It's a big thing shipping, like having your own merch and having to ship it out yourself. Uh, it yep. it seems kind of intimidating, but. I don't know. For right now, this works. We, you know, we sell like, I don't know, maybe five t-shirts a month. We don't really plug our t-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, maybe we need to up our game. Right. Well, you did all the soap and you shipped all that out. So you know everything that goes into doing all that process. Oh yeah. Doing, doing merchandise of any kind is, it's a big deal. Um, you know, the, uh, the soap yeah. stuff, <clears throat> when you, have you know thousands of dollars worth of merchandise that has to go out you know and what it was for us is we would meg would work for three months four months building up a stock and then it would all sell out within an hour and it's hundreds of orders it would take us a week to pack yeah. all the orders and yeah it there, yeah. there's it was taking so much time it was just like we either need to upscale or just like knock it off because 
this is too much time. Like it was too stressful. So we just kind of dialed it back and uh, if we have time, we'll do it. But yeah, it was, it was, we were creating a monster. I think this is that what, that's why we kind of dialed it back. Early on, I would do a lot of woodworking stuff and there was all different kinds of sizes, you know, woodworking. It's just all custom and, and we had boxes for every size and you know, it's just, it became, it becomes like a, like you're a, you're a shipping company, you know, like, you know, packaging tape and paper and it just gets a bit much. So I would love to do shipping here with everything. And I think eventually, I think we probably will. I'll probably go back to that. And like, I would like to just rather buy the, like make the t-shirts have have somebody local make them and then you know buy a bunch of them and then and then um we ship them um yep. we're not there yet i feel but eventually i think we will because i don't know i just think i feel like it'd be i don't know just it, it'll just be better for everywhere you know cuz i feel like people go to you know we have our website we have a bonfire we have another t-shirt place. We have our Etsy page. And they're going through all these like four or five different websites. And, and so uh, I want to bring everything all onto our one website where they just have one website and they can buy everything's on there. You know, so. Yeah, because you have all your classes and your courses. So they can just do everything all from the one. Solarland.com yeah. and take care of everything. So trying to figure that out, you know, shipping is expensive. Shipping um, is crazy. So then we've been working on the workshop build and we were setting the trusses this week. We had like a catastrophic failure. I was going through and all the trusses are engineered and everything. And we're, I'm just kind of chuckling because everybody always gives us a hard time. Like, oh, you don't, you shouldn't be building that yourself. You didn't engineer it or it's not engineered and you need to have engineers do all this stuff. Well, these trusses are engineered and they, not all of them, but some of them, like some of the pieces of wood on it's like garbage. And it's like, these are engineered trusses. These have been stamped. They've been approved, but they're like using rotted wood or wood with knots. So the what? second to last truss I picked up and it cracked because it was just terrible lumber. And then the last truss broke in midair, <laughs> came crashing. Yikes. Wow. Yikes. Just because it was, just because it was bad lumber. It just folded in after you installed it while we were installing it we were lifting it up to get it in position we had like two seconds left to lower it to sit it on the building and then it just yeah last one so then Next we had to rebuild it, it, it was quite the process oh yes we did <laughs> so we we're having ken, ken from ken's carpentry help us he's got a youtube channel so he was recording too well his drone and his camera shut off and then his drone landed like two minutes or not even two minutes before everything happened. So I ended up, I, we had a couple of cameras going and we had our drone. So I sent him some of our footage, but he was like, what is the, what is the chance that everything shuts off? And I'm like, yeah, it usually happens that way. Two, two yeah, YouTubers. Camera. It was like, yeah. Two YouTubers. Somebody has to have, yeah. somebody had to cut it. <laughs> right. We did. Yeah. That's the one good thing about doing YouTube. If something goes horribly wrong, you know you'll get a good video out of it at least. There's like there's like the silver lining. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Sad, sad truth. Yep. Everybody wants to see you fail or mess up or. So. <laughs> Here you <Right>. go. <laughs> Come crashing down. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's just funny because everybody's always like, oh, you, you know, you got to get engineered player plans. You got to have this. You got to have that. And it's like, these really? are all bought. They're engineered. They got, a, they had stamps, right? You know, they're all stamped and approved and they're just using garbage lumber. Like okay, yep. I'd rather do stuff myself, and not have to worry about engineers. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe people say that though. Like, what is it? You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the safety police out well, there. Well, I think it's funny. Like Joel Salton, you always hear him talk about. It. I think in his county, he can't build with rough sawn lumber because rough sawn lumber you cut on your own mill is not graded. But if you buy lumber at a lumber yard, it's all graded. So you can build with it. Well, like mm. all those trusses, every piece of lumber on those trusses were graded premium lumber and they passed inspection. However, whatever they do. And yeah. one of the boards that I had to replace was rotted. So it's like, well, the grade or the inspection process, that doesn't mean anything. So that was the eventful week. And then we were still building. So hopefully we'll be done. I'm hoping in another week because we had to wait three days for our trusses the trusses were supposed to be here like a week ago and then like a week sooner than or like maybe like a week and a half sooner than with what we got them but what the first week we didn't matter that they weren't there because we had plenty of work to do and then we were all caught up for three days we we're kind of like just twiddling our thumbs doing other things because we were waiting on the trusses so does that put your videos back because you're waiting no so right now we're we upload three videos a week so We've been working full days building, so we've been getting a lot of content out of it. So we really, it didn't, it just made the videos more up to date, if that makes sense, versus having extra ones in the queue. So do you combine different days into one video? Yeah, it depends on the process. Like if some yeah. of the, some of the build, I think it was day one and two was kind of repetitive, like very slow. Like we had, uh, we cut all the posts, which was like 20 something posts and we had to cut and notch them all, you know, and that took half a day. So like there was that and still putting sill plates down was pretty slow process. So we put two, the first two days together. Then other than that, most of the days have been by themselves because there's been a lot more action, I guess you could call yeah. it where it's not just the same, like making like a cut, cut, <laughs> cut for five hours. This podcast will go out on Friday. So I think our video that goes out on Saturday We'll have the crashing trust video. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> as long as nobody got hurt. Great segue. <laughs> Everybody, right. You mess something up really bad and then you show it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Show your the key is you always have to have the camera rolling. Right. That is true. And you can't be afraid to show your failures, which hurts sometimes. Well, I shouldn't say it hurts, but you get all the comments like you, whatever. I, I won't even say the, what the comments are that you get, but yeah. you got to have thick skin when you show your failure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah, and we can open it up though. by that. Thousands of people are going to see your failure. <laughs> if you didn't film it, right. nobody would see it except for maybe your family. So, right. <laughs> and your family's not going to, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. So they're not going <laughs> to tell you 
we hope your family's nice. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're going to start a YouTube channel, you got to figure out why you want to start a YouTube channel first. I think that's important because it's the why is going to keep yep. you going, you know, because you're going to get those comments, those really bad comments. And you have to remember, okay, why am I doing this? You know, I was just going to say, I think sometimes the really bad comments hurt even more when you're doing something that you love or that you enjoy doing and then everybody like beats you up for it. So you kind of got to get ready for on both, both the spectrum. Yeah. Or if a video doesn't do good and you're like, man, I really like doing that. or I like doing this and the video doesn't do well. You still got to, that's too. what you enjoy doing. Or if they say something and it's like, you want to respond back and like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe I didn't explain myself in the video correctly you know so i'm like i want to respond back like no 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 it's not that it's this you know and then i want to but then i'm like why don't even res- like i could i can respond right now and like it doesn't even matter you know like i could spend all my time responding and explaining myself but in the end they're not gonna care one of the questions we get a lot mm-hmm. is about equipment yeah like what do you need for equipment i guess i go two different ways on that so I'd like, I'll tell you what one of my things was when I first started, we started out with just a cheap point and shoot, but then when I wanted to stop doing it full time, but I wasn't there yet, get how I had, I had a little bit of money saved up and I spent the money on a nice camera, not because I needed it, but it was more of like, Hey, I'm going to get this little bit more expensive camera. Cause if I invest the money. It'll keep my feet to the fire and I'll have to make good. I'll have to keep making content. So it's going to force myself to want to pay for that camera. But then on the other hand, I think you can't afford to do it. You don't need a fancy camera. You can just start with your cell phone nowadays. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just use a cell phone and it comes out just fine. Oh, nowadays for sure. Like, uh, when did we start in 2016, uh, 17, I used a cell phone for the first two years. We still shoot 90% of our videos with our iPhones, the 13 Pro. Um, we use external mics with them. We had Sony's. We had expensive DSLR Sony's. And we find that this gives a better quality than the Sony's. Wow. Which seems kind of crazy. It's crazy. I know, right? I believe it, though. But would you say it's more, con- would you say it's more convenient? Using your cell phone like that, or because it's it's you can put it in your pocket. Uh it has its flaws. Like it's yes, it's more convenient for like grabbing and going. The external mic part is different than having like a nice external mic, like a shotgun one. And then the zoom, like if you want to zoom something, it you really can't zoom. You can't zoom that well. So it's kind of like a give and take. But we find like for like every day. This is just easier. And like, I was surprised. I forget even how we got on. I think we we both got new phones and we were shooting B-roll on them. And then we were editing the B-roll with our regular camera footage from our Sonys. I forget which Sonys they are. Um, and we were like, wow, this, the iPhones have so much better quality. You know, the coloring was better, the just everything. 
was better. So it took us a little while, and then we finally went more to the just using the iPhones. And, which I was kind of surprised, or maybe not surprised, but the editing process, because we use Apple computers for editing, and we use Final Cut Pro, which is Apple, it, it downloads, and it's a lot quicker to edit the footage, like for rendering and everything. Like, it, it just works better. Well, yeah, probably because it's not like it's not super high resolution, like the or it's probably like it a certain is. file. So we, shoot, we shoot in 4K. Oh, okay. crazy too. You can shoot in 4K up frames per second. Wow. I guess yeah. I'd say that's another trick. Like, so we shoot in 4K because you can't zoom in and get like a good a good zoom. But if I crop and zoom in while I'm editing by shooting 4K. I can zoom in a little bit more and get really good picture quality. Yeah, I only switched from a phone because my phone was getting old. And then I switched to a flip camera because I'm with you. Like, I, there was a certain point after a couple of years, you're like, okay, I should probably, you know, I should probably get serious. You know, let's, let's be more thoughtful with these videos. Uh, so I felt like something de- dedicated to, to the videos would have been better instead of my cell phone. And so buying a flip camera, and then from a flip camera, I went to a Canon 80D, uh, and now I use a Sony uh, SLR camera um, with a, a big shotgun mic on it. Um, and what do I you like use the, for a mic? The Rode mic? Like the big so furry? Do you know Sony, make, Sony makes their own shotgun mic? that plugs in and it uses the camera battery so you don't have to put batteries in the roads oh okay and you yeah don't i ha- have to turn it on and off manually it comes on and off every time you turn the camera on and off so that one does the one i have turns on on and off matic- automatically yeah but the road mic we use on our camera it's phantom powered so whenever the the camera is on the mic gets turned on it's really really nice that way you don't have to forget and lose all your audio. Yeah, I did that quite a few times. When I used to use Canon back in the day in Rhodes, originally you had to turn them on and off, and they all had their own batteries, and then the Rhodes really wouldn't tell you when the battery went dead. So you'd be in there editing and going, I just lost half of my video. What am I going <laughs> to do now? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm so used to the big camera nowadays is that I don't know if I could do it. Like I, I alternate like nowadays I'm using the bigger camera and I have a, a GoPro. Yep. Um so I'll alternate just depending like if I'm doing more like you know, it's just so much easier because I have the big camera and so like right now, like I gotta use my zero turn with a wagon to haul water up. And I have my big camera with me. So rather than having my camera with me, I just have my little GoPro that I hook up so that way I could just like go because I need a third hand to hold my camera plus two water buckets. And then the GoPro is nice. I think for homesteading videos, cause if you're outside in the rain. Oh yeah. The GoPro can get wet. Yep. Every time it rains, if I want to go out there and film, uh, that's what I use. Um, cause you know, rain and, and, and camera equipment do not mix. That's what's hard. Not at all. <laughs> homesteading doesn't stop just because it's raining out either (laughs) no and it it just depends like 
So would you agree? Would you guys agree that consistent, being consistent, is probably one of the most important things? I yeah, I agree. Being yeah. consistent is I mean, pretty important. I mean, this is this is really a subject that takes a huge deep dive if we wanted to like talk about this. Um, but for the most part, like you have to stick with it. You have to like people can get all the way up to a million subscribers with just their camera. So equipment doesn't really matter. It's it's how much you're willing to stick to it and put the work in. Like you have to treat it like a job if you want to make a make a job out of it. Yeah. When did you guys realize that? Did you go into it thinking that or is it something afterwards? We kind of went into it a while before you realized. Yeah. We kind of went into it as a way to document our lives and things we were doing. Um, and it just kind of grew. It just kind of took off. Um, I think once we started actually approaching it like a job, that's when it changed. And about the time we started treating YouTube like a job, that was when it started behaving like a job and started making us money. Um, but yeah, uh, the equipment, like we started with a Canon, oh gosh, what's that G7. little camera? It's a G7X. You know, it's a little bitty point and shoot with a little flip up screen, simple yep. little camera. And we used that, I mean, for the first two years, three years. And we finally got a DSLR and it's all right, but it was just, it was like at the end of the day, I guess it didn't really matter what the equipment was because it's all about the edit and the content the content itself i guess that's that's my perspective anyways well for us it wasn't like oh we're going to do this and make a make it a business it was never like that it's always like i'm going to try it and you know it was really just to show my you know mom and grandma back in california what what the heck we were doing out here you know and that's too after a year you know, after a year, we you made a tiny bit of money from it because, you know, it was one of those things where, like, you don't know anyone that's actually making money off of YouTube, but you hear you hear about it, like, in the news or online that people are doing that, and you're just not sure. And so you're like, I'm not sure if you can but I'm just going to put some videos up there and see what happens. And so after about a year, we made like, you know, the entire year was like 80 bucks, you know? And I was like, oh, yep. you know, I could have took that two different ways. I could have said, yeah, this is not worth it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm wasting my time. But then you have to go back to your why. And my why was to show my grandma what I'm doing, whether I made any kind of money, it was for her. And so, uh, that's when I decided to, you know, maybe we should be more thoughtful. What would happen if we were more thoughtful with the videos and try to tell a good story and, you know, um, just go that route. And then maybe, maybe we could make a little bit more money. Um, and then just being consistent with it. But I, I met people that from the get go, 
they're like, no, we're going to, we're going to be full-time YouTubers, you know, like I've met people that way and they're like, yeah, that was their goal was we're starting a YouTube channel. We're going to, we're going to be full-time YouTubers and this is, this is what we're going to do. And they, they, they are, they, they have been full-time and I never, you know, I just wasn't like that. I just was like, I'm going to fill it out and see how it goes. I went into it hoping that we could get it to do something, but not knowing. It was yeah. kind of more of like, we moved back up to Northern New Hampshire. And it's like, I need to do something that, some kind of online job. Like I want to be, whether it was eBay or, you know, so we tried a bunch of different things and we did the YouTube. I took one of Tim Schmoyer's class, classes that he was doing, you know, kind of like out of the get-go. And then I think it was, just you know, kind of like learning the little bit of the back end of YouTube or in the consistency end of it, and then after that, we did the thirty day um, daily upload challenge. So posting a video like every thirty days and just kind of like a commitment, like hey, you just got to upload. And then after that, I decided to do it for a year, and that was kind of insane. So once like that year came of doing daily uploads, I was like, yeah, like we got to cut back. This is intense. Trying to. Yeah make a video every day up edit it and then get it uploaded which is kind of crazy i was working a full-time job at the time too so trying to have a something to, of content to do and then edit it and then go to work the next day it was kind of crazy there's a lot of people out there that still do daily videos i'm i'm just like yeah no like it was, i'm glad we did it but man that took a lot and that was that was a commitment have you guys ever done daily videos Oh yeah. I I did early I did uh I did early on um I tried doing it early on. I did it for a little bit. Maybe it was maybe a month or two I, I did it to um daily, but then uh but then I get burnt out. Like <laughs> I start not being nice. You know, <laughs> like like, cause all my, all, all the thing I think about is like, oh my gosh, I got to film. What am I going to, I got to edit. I got to do this. I got to do this. Is like, and, and, and I was like this and nobody, nobody has no say so. Like I, I would be irritable. Like, you know, I wouldn't be good to be around. And, and now I don't like, I, if I did, I would be a horrible person. <laughs> like, I'm just not, why I just, I just can't do it. Like. I just not wired that way. I don't know what it is. I just can't as like, I want to, sometimes I do want to, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing daily. I'm just going to do it. But then I'm like, I, yeah, it's just not going to work out. I, I'm just, I just can't do it that way. You know, I already put out like every other day I could do every other day, but yep. not every day. So we're actually daily right now. We film Monday through Thursday. Um, and we've been doing this schedule for a year and a half or something like that. Um, we tried doing five days a week, and it was just too much, so we dialed it back. Uh, but I mean, it's not too bad. It kind of kind of seems like it's a regular work week, uh, but it's it's cool. And I, I find that doing the daily it kind of keeps me focused. It keeps me in like you know this is vlog time. You know, film all the projects, film everything we're doing, and then I get my weekends off. So that's kind of my approach to it. Do you edit yourself, uh, Al? I edit, yeah. So we do three videos a week, but we film five days a week. 
five or six days. So we usually put like two days worth of content mm -hmm. in per, per video and then we edit. Or I, I edit and I'm going to, I probably spend just as much time editing as I do the project. I would say. Yeah. So I'll tell you my, I want to know your routine. Like this is my routine for editing. So like I, like with Ben, we do it daily shooting. So it's like a job, you know, and for me, if I can stay in a routine, it comes more consistent for me and it's easily for me to do it versus where it was just kind of like, oh, I do it here and I don't do it there. I'd fall out of the habit. So I just, I just make sure we do it. But I get up, I get up like around 3.30 a.m. I do my morning workout, all my fun stuff. And then I'd say from like 4 a.m. for a couple of hours, I'll edit. And then we'll do all the morning chores. We do chores, breakfast, and we get done with that probably around like nine. And then we start building and doing the building projects and whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then it's editing in the afternoon and then chores. And then kind of, kind of the grind. So it's a job. Okay. So when do you go to bed? Okay. Easy. Okay. When do you go to bed to get up at 3.30 a.m.? <laughs> 10 o'clock. I go to bed at 10. <laughs> Got to get that coffee on an IV. Must be that nice cold weather you have. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> I don't know. I read a book, The Miracle Morning, and I started getting up early, and I've been doing that for years now. I think my body got used to it. I I enjoy my mornings. If I can stop my mornings off, just, I don't know, if, just if I can stop the mornings off the way I want or getting like in a good workflow and get mentally like position and stuff like that. My day goes a lot better. So if I sleep in and I, when I guess for me sleeping in, it's like five, six o'clock in the morning, but if I sleep in, I'm not room. able to do what I usually do in the morning, not, not talking about the ending part, but if I'm not able to do the morning routine, then it just kind of throws the day off. I am the exact I same know, way. I enjoy, enjoy the mornings. I slept in, I slept in till six 30 this morning and it ruined my entire day playing catch up all day. Isn't that crazy? It's like you sleep until six and then it's, you're done. It's all over. <laughs> See, I haven't figured out a, a routine. I haven't figured it out. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't know why. That doesn't stress you out? Um, I don't know. I, I like to, I like, I don't like having a schedule. Like I just like just doing whatever I feel like doing. <laughs> like I feel like there's nothing more freer than that. And it may be because like for like all my life, I had a nine to five office job. I mean, pretty much, you know, like, and it was very like, get up in the morning. I got to be there at seven. It's over at five and that's it. And then after I left, it was like, I, I just want to do whatever I want to do. Like if I want to sleep in, I'm going to sleep in. If I don't, if I want to get up early, I get up early. Like, like. Is like that with uh, editing. Like, I don't feel like editing today. I'm not going to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'd rather, you know, I like the the um, inconsistent, inconsistency of it as far as like, I like filming and editing, but I also like going into the wood shop and like making something with my hands and not filming it and not editing it but it's something physical rather than something digital. Um, so I, I mean, 
so I like that. I like that. I like just waking up and just figuring out then what I want to do. I know I would probably be better off if I did have a schedule <laughs> as far as growing my channel. If you don't like having a schedule, then well, having that, you might do worse. Well, maybe growing a YouTube channel, if you're going to grow a YouTube channel, you probably should have a schedule. <laughs> it would probably help me. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. But so do how you... do you like having to do the editing of all the podcasts? Because that's kind of like you have to get that done. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty easy. I mean, because it's, it's not much editing. I mean, compared to my channel. So it's it doesn't bother me. It, um but yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, certain things I, I do have to get done. You know, I don't want to let you guys down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're in this together now. So, so uh, uh, right. I don't want to let you guys down and, and, and like, yeah, I didn't feel like editing the podcast today, you know, <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm sleeping in. I'm not editing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's enough. I guess it's not like if you plan on getting into YouTube. I'm not, you don't have to, I never knew how to edit until I started doing YouTube, but editing is a big part. I would say we spend three to four hours a day editing a video. Yes. And then, but editing's not everything. You, how many, how much, I wonder how much time you guys spend editing, but then also like thinking of a title, thinking of the thumbnail, that takes a lot of time too, or at least mental capacity, trying to think of all that stuff. I think those things that I never thought about that when I got into doing YouTube like oh yeah I got to make sure I come up with a good thumbnail and I think of a title and all the energy and effort that that all takes I'm about four to six hours editing every video do you think you would ever hire an editor anyone of you guys if I have a high if we have a if we ever did I think I'd want somebody local I couldn't imagine sending off your footage and then like just to somebody because we get reached out all the time like oh hey we want to we start a, we have a company and we edit for hundreds of youtubers we want to edit your video i just don't see how that would work sending off your footage and spending all the time uploading footage to get it edited i don't know yeah. we usually have i would say between two to four hours worth of video footage that we edit down to a 30 minute video so i couldn't imagine sending that off into into the internet and how much time that would take, but, and I wouldn't want to give up the control unless it was like somebody I knew that was doing it and it was kind of there to know the process. That would be tough to make that transition. Have yeah, you thought I'm about it, gonna... Jason? Um, yeah, no, I thought about it. Um, but I think I would rather have somebody film me <laughs> than edit. You know, maybe not like every video, but certain times, certain videos, it would be a lot easier if I just had somebody like just following me with a camera. I also think it would be a better video. You know, I feel like it'd be simpler and it would be better video. Like I could edit it. I could edit video. I don't mind that. And I actually, I really do like editing. Um, but as far as getting certain things done, like projects, I feel like it would be a better video if somebody else was filming me. And it would help you get the job done, you know, like you're building something like you have to set up the camera, you have to move the angles, you got to wear the GoPro on your head, you got to run the drone, <laughs> and then you got to get on the ladder and you got to do that. 
you know, that's a lot, man. So I guess I'm in kind of a different situation. So I'm the camera guy most of the time, and then Meg does all the editing. Um, a lot of people, it's kind of weird to see. Um, so Meg started our YouTube channel. Uh, she was the, the personality behind the camera, in front of the camera, uh, and then she was the editor. She learned how to edit, and she got pretty good at it. She's still pretty good at it. And so I'm in this kind of weird position where when we got here, I was the one doing all the projects, building and stuff, and so it just it makes more sense. Instead of her having to follow me around and film what I'm doing, is I just start talking to the camera. Well, now we get commenters commenting going yeah meg should do the vlog sometime that would be cool it's like well it used to be meg's vlog so it's kind of weird but i guess my point was you know she uh she edits everything so you know i film all day i film my day and then i hand the footage off to her at the end of the day and then she edits at night um it's kind of a it's kind of a cool setup uh, this is the first time in our married life that we actually have something that we're working together on. It's almost like a family business, if you will, is kind of how I view it. Um, yep. it's, it's been something that we can yeah. both tackle together and it's, it's been really fun. Um, she edits and uploads, you know, she's the one, she always comes up with the catchy titles and stuff like that. I'm terrible at stuff like that. Uh, I couldn't my titles they're horrible and so she's uh she's she's pretty good at all that so it's it's kind of cool like i have an editor we have talked about maybe finding an editor just to kind of lighten the load uh but we keep coming back to we don't know if we could give up the control like because then all of a sudden you have to shoot different you have to talk different you know, it's it's a totally different thing if you're preparing to hand that footage off to someone you don't really know. Yeah. So, I know. I imagine that that would be a a long process of of transitioning that. Uh, but once you did it, like I imagine, it'd probably been like it'd probably be pretty nice. I would think, like once you let go, <laughs> even how hard it would be yeah. at first. I think eventually you'd probably be like, yeah, this is great. You know. So what would you say, what would you say if, you know, there's so many homesteaded YouTubers, right, nowadays, like, every, you know, there's so many homesteading YouTube channels, um, would you say, like, if somebody wants to just start, that it's, like, too saturated, like, or would you say, like, no, you could still find, find your, your way? I would say it's not, but... I think probably, I don't, I, when we started, and I'd say when you guys started, there was, we, it was kind of like the opposite. We were making a way and that you kind of had to like find the audience where now there's lots of people who are looking to watch that stuff and everybody has a unique story and a unique perspective and that's going to resonate with different people. So I think no matter what, no matter when you start, you got to have an obstacle that you're struggling against so i think that's yeah you just got to start and do it we've actually talked about Go this ahead, uh, with quite a few different people people who do youtube um something we've kind of discussed is there's three things that make up a good youtuber uh and you only need two of them 
Uh, this is kind of tongue in cheek, so bear with me. You either need uh, <laughs> good uh, <laughs> talent, charm, or good looks. Pick two of them. Uh, if you are charming <laughs> and very talented, you don't have to have good looks. There's a lot of YouTubers out there that fit that bill. Uh, there's a lot that, you know, they have no talent, but they're charming and good looking. I mean, just, just pick two. Uh, that's something that I've, I've noticed with a lot of YouTubes that are successful. It's like, ah, oh, they have two or some of them even have three of those categories. So, uh, like I said, kind of tongue in cheek. You know, there's a lot of ne negativity uh, out there, and some people really cater towards that. And I think it's unfortunate, but that's what people gravitate towards, you know, as far as, you know, negative titles and thumbnails or, you know, stuff like that. So there's people that are really good at that, though, and they, and they, they gain a huge following. Uh, and so I guess if you really are into that, well, you could probably have a good following. <laughs> Like, so I guess we could say if you're going to start a YouTube channel, be consistent, trying to uh, tell a good story is important. Um, what else do you think? I mean, can't equipment, it doesn't really matter equipment. Um, I, but I think, do think like sound. Like if you could get a decent mic, even if it's on an iPhone, I think that's important. The sound quality or even the, the lighting, like if it's whatever it is that you're doing, if there's good, if you're completely dark in a dark room, like, yeah, you don't want that, but good, good sound, good lighting, good story, consistency. And I would say, don't go into it thinking that it's going to be easy and not take a lot of work because it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And you got you yeah. got to you got to be willing to put the time in it's not just going to for some people it happens overnight but for a lot of people it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight it, it took us years and years to yeah. be able to do it full time but i think sometimes a lot of people go into it like oh i'm going to do youtube youtube's one of those things like you just work an hour a day and it's going to be easy i don't <laughs> think it's that way no, or it it's... hasn't been that way for us at least no, no, it hasn't been like that for us. No, and like we, me, Gina, and Olivia, we all do. All, you know, we can all get the whole family involved, and in whether it's what we're whatever, if it's what we're doing for a project, or like we pull Olivia in and we'll ask her, you know, like just if we're doing like a title and a thumbnail, like we get her feedback. Just I think it's kind of nice to be able to pull your family into it and kind of make it a family thing. And I think also the world is going digital, so it's nice to be able to bring her in and kind of share this side of the stuff. Cause at some point when she's doing something on her own, whether it's working for somebody or not, I think social media is always going to have a huge impact from here on out. So if we can get our kids involved in that a little bit or share it with them, then it should help them in life. I think. Yeah, we had, I had one of our videos last week. I had, I wanted, or it was a video. I was moving my walk thousand gallon water tank up our up our hill and i was like man i gotta move this tank up here but i want to film it so i was like our daughter <laughs> uh i was like i'll pay you to film me do this 
And she goes, I'll do it. She goes, I'll do it. Yeah. And so I ended up paying her, like, I mean, she already, I mean, she films sometimes anyways. Like, she already knows, like, you know, because she's, I mean, she's around me doing it. So uh, she de- she knows what she's doing, you know. But she's like, I was like, I'll pay you. <laughs> like, and she's like, okay, I'll do it. And so, like, she was into it. So it was kind of neat uh, to do that. Um, so who knows, she might be my filmmaker one day, (laughs) but I do, I do want to say that, you know, we, we talk about like all the, all the negative comments that we get, you know, and unfortunately those stick with us because it's just, that's just the, you know, we're human, you know, they stick with, unfortunately we, we gravitate towards that and that's the comments we remember, but 99.9% the rest of the comments would you say are all positive? They're all good? Like Positive. They're good comments. I yeah. would say that on our end. I mean, yep. there's some, I mean, it really, I think it really opens your eyes on like, man, there's some really good people out there. Like, even the people that, you know, the events that you go to, you meet people that say, hey, they, you know, they watch your channel and you meet them in real life. Like, those, some good people, man. Like, even just, random comments like emails that i would get and people just or or letters like people send letters and like just saying how much you know you know we inspire them or whatever like it's a really good comment like so you know i don't want people to think like it's full of negative people you know and we're having to deal with that but it it's a small portion um but i would say majority of it is positive we've met some really cool people in person that's usually, it seems like that's the ones you meet, which is nice. It's the nice people, the ones like, yeah, I would, I like, I like them. It's not you usually, I think the ones, the negative comment comments are just the armchair quarterbacks. They're just kind of yeah. negative anyways. Or so you kind of got to brush them off. And so in real life, they wouldn't say anything to you anyways. No. So the ones that you, the real people there, I guess I would call it They're They're good down to earth people. Yeah, and yeah, I think unfortunately the negative ones stick with us. I think a good why for somebody if they want to start a, a homestead YouTube channel is to uh, it, it, maybe they're starting it to find to find a community. You know, I think that's a good way of doing it. If you're like don't have homesteading people around you that you know of, start a YouTube channel, and then. Next thing you know, you'll have you. All of a sudden, people will come out of the woodworks, you know, and and then they might have a YouTube channel too or not, but maybe they might find you through YouTube, and you could probably connect with a lot of like-minded folks that way. Yeah, I think we covered a lot here, um, so I appreciate everyone watching on our YouTube channel and listening to it on podcast. Um, We've had, I know, including all the podcast apps, we've had over, I would say, almost 10,000 downloads of our podcast. I just saw it today. Um, So I appreciate everyone listening and watching, and I hope everyone has an awesome week, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Thank you. See you guys.